I want to warn you about this message series. Um, for, for many of you that weren't here last week um, because of the, the weather, um, we started a brand new series called Close Encounters of, of the God Kind. And I wanna warn you um, about this message series because I really believe that it will make you uncomfortable. And, uh, and I, I always think about this is that you know, God or the Holy Spirit's called the comforter. Well, why would he be called the comforter? Because we must find ourselves in uncomfortable situations, right? In order for him to comfort. Does that make sense? Christianity is not comfortable. Matter of fact, Christianity is not safe. Do you, do you ever, I like, I would like it to be safe. But what I've, when you read the Bible and you read, uh, you hear about people's testimonies that I'm realizing that, that following Jesus is not safe, Right? I'll get you going. We'll, we'll, we'll get it. It's really not safe because, because we are making decisions or we're supposed to be making decisions that, that kind of rock our own boats. True? And like, I don't really want to go to church if it's just comfortable. I don't, you know what I'm saying? Like, I, I need to be challenged. I say, the, you know, one of the biggest ways to get challenged is number one, get married have kids, have a couple of cats and a dog. I mean, you will be challenged day in, day out. That's just true, right? Because uh, especially when you get married, I'm telling you, when you get married, um, you know, you, you think you're gonna float on, on a cloud forever, but no, you just come close to a per the person, the closest you've ever been to a person. And now we find out that there are, there are, um, there are issues <laughs> that come up, Right? You, I, I thought I never had any issues, Emily. <laughs> I thought when I met her, right, I, wouldn't, I didn't have any. I had about 95% of them. <laughs> Isn't it true? But, but we got close. And listen, the only way to follow God is close. Say close. He said to his disciples, follow me. And I, I, I kind of chuckle every time I hear that when he meets uh, Peter. You know, Peter was rough around the edges. And, but Peter was not a dummy man. He, he, he had his own fleet of, of ships. He was a businessman. And then all of a sudden Jesus shows up, follow me. And without any hesitation, he followed Jesus. He got close to Jesus. And he walked with Jesus for, for that many years. But he also experienced the life-changing, miraculous ministry of Jesus that comes with following him closely. Say close. See, they all eventually realized what the most important truth was about following Jesus. Again, close. And I believe being close to Jesus caused them to grow spiritually. Because I believe that we have to, in order to hear spiritually, we gotta grow spiritually, right? The, the, whole, the whole point of, I mean, how many times did Jesus get close to his disciples and say, and say things like, like I said last week, he said this, this, this always blows me, he goes, he goes, hey guys, come on, gather around, I'm gonna, I'm gonna tell you a bedtime story. And he says, unless you eat my flesh and drink my blood, you can't have any part of me. Kids, plug your ears. Listen, he said it, and you know what? You know what? The thing is, he didn't explain it. 
Which I'm like, Jesus, could you just, could you just unpack that for your disciples for a moment? I get it now because we're reading the, the Bible later and, and we get that that's about closeness. That's about having a relationship with God. That's what that's about. But back then they're thinking, so they scratched their heads and the Bible says many left Jesus that day because they didn't want to hear that. Because what I think it did is it, is it, is it, is it just caused this moment where, where God's saying, hey, can you read between the lines for a moment? I need you to read between the lines. I, I don't want you to eat my flesh and drink my blood. This is not cannibalism. But what I want you to do is I want you to understand that my whole purpose right now with you as my disciples is to get close. Because I said before, we're heading, we're heading to a wedding. We're heading to a wedding. Do you know that? It's a wedding feast. And this life is an opportunity to learn how to get close. That's why I warn everybody with this message series because I would love for everybody to stay and embrace closeness. Embrace it. Because I think when you embrace it, then, then you, you and I discover what God really has for us. It's really amazing. But I get it. We're... we're Many times we don't like close, right? I don't like close all the time. I need my space. <laughs> so I, I understand as human beings that, that close isn't always the first thing we run to. But we're heading for a wedding and I believe that this life is a wedding rehearsal. It is a wedding rehearsal. It's a practicing of closeness, right? Now, I wanna just share this for a moment because as we move forward, there's, there's, a, there's a story in the Bible about 10 girls getting ready for bed. Can you imagine the fight for the bathroom? <laughs> I mean, come on, <laughs> right? I mean, for those of you, who, who has, who's had four girls or more in their, in their family? Oh, man, <laughs> four girls? That's her, yes. Wow, I mean, that's, Bathroom time. So one day, 10 girls are getting ready for bed. They're gonna go to sleep. One day in the future, they're, they're really getting excited about being married. You know, they're, they're, they're really excited about one day they're gonna get married. And then five of them got ready for this marriage thing that's gonna happen and five of them were not ready. Five were expecting and five got bored. The ones who were expecting, the Bible says, filled their lamp up. They got their lamp full before they went to bed. The other five were like, yeah, you know, I guess this wedding day is not gonna come for a long, long time. but they filled themselves up. The other ones didn't. By the way, we're all full of something. We're either full of the king, and don't worry, we're either full of our own kingdom. <laughs> we're either full of the king or full of our own kingdom. I know nobody here. I, this, this, this message does not, that, that statement, only those listening through uh, Facebook Live or via podcast later, um, 
but we're full of something. Listen, and then all of a sudden they fell asleep, the Bible says. And here, I want to read this to you. Then suddenly in the middle of the night, they were awakened by the shout, get up. The bridegroom is here. Come out and have an encounter with him. Bible says, Matthew 25, 6. You don't have that up here. I'm just, this is just a story I'm telling you. The five who weren't ready scrambled quickly to get filled up, but it was too late. The doors to the wedding banquet were closed because they got bored. And in, this is how it sums up. This is what Jesus said in Matthew, how it sums up this whole story. That is the reason you should always stay awake and be alert because you don't know the day or the hour when the bridegroom will appear. Now, I really wanted to, to say that and give that to you right up front because God's saying, awake, get up, wake up. Time's drawing here. I can't tell you how long it is. But for us, we have to be filled. And in order to be filled, we got to understand how to stay close. Say close. See, from profound to pocket size. I only like that little phrase. I made that up. From profound to pocket size, moments, encounters with Jesus leave an imprint on our hearts and our minds for the rest of, of our lives. They cause us to think about God, to remember God, to celebrate God, and to return to God, to bring us close to God. And here's our staple verse. Here's what this whole series is gonna, is gonna be pointed at right here. It's in John 15, seven through eight. I'm gonna give you a couple different translations. It says, if you abide in me and my words abide in you, that's close, by the way. And then he says this, you will ask what you desire and it shall be done for you. By this my Father is glorified that you bear much fruit, so you will be my disciples. Here's, here's a, another translation. I love this. It says in, in, the, in the Passion, but if you live in life union with me, this is Jesus speaking, and, my, and, and if my words live powerfully within you, then you can ask whatever you desire and it shall be done. When your lives bear abundant fruits, you demonstrate that you are my mature disciples who glorify my Father. And God is pulling on our hearts to draw us to him, the Father. And I said, you're not here by coincidence last week and you're not here by coincidence this week because your Father is longingly pulling you close to raise you up. He's longing to connect with you in a deeper way. So he draws us to him in, in many different ways. He comes to meet with us so that we encounter him. God loves close. Say, God loves close. I almost want to have everybody right now give each other a big old hug. Bear hug. We won't do that right now for time's sake, but God loves close. See, you see the idea of closeness in everything. In, in all of creation, from the profound details of the smallest insect to the perfect position of the sun, moon, and stars, God created everything with intricate, complex design that required his close proximity. We are not here by some random big bang experience. We are formed by a lovingly skillful designer who, again, 
had to form us in very close proximity. Isn't that awesome? Close, close. I should just randomly pick somebody out and give them a big old hug. Maybe even a kiss on the cheek this morning. <laughs> some of you guys are like, oh my gosh, I'm getting out of here. I gotta get some coffee, go to the bathroom. It's flat out leaving. <laughs> Church is weird. Okay, look at this, Psalm 139, 13 through 18. Check this out. I love this. You want to know if God loves you and how close he is? Psalm 139 says, you formed my innermost being, shaping my delicate inside and my intricate outside and wove them all together in my mother's womb. I thank you, God, for making me so mysteriously complex. Many of us very mysteriously complex. Everything you do is marvelously breathtaking. It simply amazes me to think about it. How thoroughly you know me, Lord. You even formed my every bone in my body when you created me in the secret place, carefully, skillfully shaping me from nothing to something. You saw who you created me to be before I became to be, before I'd ever seen the light of day. The number of days you planned for me were already recorded in your book. Every single moment you are thinking of me. How precious and wonderful to consider that you cherish me constantly in your every thoughts. Oh God, your desires toward me are more than the grains of sand on every shore. When I awake each morning, you're still with me. I love that last phrase. Because again, if you've seen me in the morning, you don't want to have anything to do with me. I, my hair's sticking up. My breath smells. Um, I'm usually grumpy. Oh, you're not? Um, yet, look at he's still, <laughs> it says he's still with me. That's how awesome God is. And so I want I to say this. Like last week, I, t I gave you this. I'm not going to give you the whole story. But last week, the story was that, that our first uh, baby born in our family, Elizabeth, um, she, I always gave her a little kiss goodbye before I left her, whether, whether we were hanging out with her family. And, and, and so the one day that I gave her the kiss, she had snot running down her, her, her nose all the way past to her chin. Like it didn't even, it didn't even break. It was like the two street. You know what I'm saying? You've had that before? You run away from those kids. Well, I was running away. I was walking away knowing that she had that. By the way, we were outside having a snowball fight. I was walking away knowing that she was going to ask me for a kiss. And lo and behold, she did. She goes, Uncle Danny, give me a kiss. And I'm thinking, oh my goodness. So I'm literally, what do I do? I can't scar her for life. She doesn't know she has snot on her face, I don't think. I do. And what did I do? I gave her a kiss. So Emily, now you know that every time we kiss, I kissed snot. <laughs> My whole per point of that is, listen, all of us have snot and God still wants to kiss us, doesn't he? And if you think you don't have any snot, you're wrong. We all have snot. We all have stuff. We all have issues. We all have something in our lives that we need help from, right? We do, but it's okay. God, he's still with us. I, I, need, you to, I need you to hear that and know that because, because sometimes we can think and forget that we, we think that we're all that in a bag of chips. We think that we, that we don't have any stuff or snot, but I'm telling you, we all do, right? It's okay. Maybe some of us are a little more snotty than others, but it's okay. Listen, God still 
wants to get close to us. You think that he doesn't because of your snot. No, no, no. So I I, I said this phrase, and that is, God's grace only sticks to messy. God's grace only sticks to messy. If I'm thinking that I'm perfect and I got everything all together, Jesus, I, I didn't come for those who, I came for those who need a doctor, right? True. So it's, it's okay to say, you know, I'm a little bit snotty today. <laughs> Lord, I need your help. Lord, would you come close? Lord, I wanna, I wanna learn to walk with you and be close with you and to you. You guys still here? Close. Think about, let's go back for a moment and think, remember the time you were in the womb for nine months? Remember that? Go back and think about that. Nine months in a womb. Nine, that's miraculous to me. How does that happen, you guys? How does, how does a baby just in there living in that womb? Only God could do that. But it's all about closeness. And as we read, even closer, before we were even born, formed a womb, God had his hands lovingly, skillfully, designing us close. And in his sovereignty, he has prepared what I call encounters that change us forever. So encounter is an interesting word because I want you to hear what it means. By the way, it's the first word of our mission statement slash vision, which is encounter God, equip people, empower the church. Ease, remember, because all ease, and usually I got a few of those in school. Encounter God, equip people, empower the church. And I don't want to get them mixed up. Encounter God means that we're here to meet face to face with God. I want to meet God. I came here, I love you, and I want to I get to know you, but I came here to get to know God. First, first, right? That's my priority. Um, and it means this, it means, it means to meet someone unexpectedly. That's what encounter means, right? To meet someone unexpectedly. And especially unexpectedly. But I come to expect to meet God in some way here. I just don't know how he's gonna, he's gonna speak to me. Am I gonna see something? Am I gonna talk to someone? They're gonna remind me. I'm gonna hear it through a song. However way he chooses, that's, that's, that's what I came here to do. It's kind of like when I met Emily for the first time. And I've been praying for a Christian woman. I've been praying for her before I met her. And the day I walked through that church, I'm not gonna tell you the whole story, the day I walked through that church, it was just me. I was, I was going to a church to, to sing at a wedding and she was the wedding coordinator. And I walk into that, that church and there she was at the other end of the church. And um, the only thing I said was she's hot. <laughs> but then I said, she's probably not gonna wanna be with me because I'm not. By the way, I was going with my, which I went to every wedding with my best friend. Mike Streeter, who was, he was not tall, dark, and handsome. He's short, dark, and handsome. And I thought, she's probably gonna, that's probably who she's gonna like. Seriously, the, the things that went through my head, when I encountered Emily, the first thing that came up was my insecurity. 
encounter. So I, I say that to say this. Encounter isn't just the face-to-face -face encounter that we have with God that we believe and I believe starts with comfort and his love and his grace. Amen to that. But if you look at that word, it means this, a meeting of adversaries, a confrontation. In other words, in other words God brings a true close encounter to change us and to challenge us. Like I said last week, God came to bless us, but he came to stretch us. God comes to give us his favor, but not without a fight. I love that song that God is fighting for us with his reckless love, right? So he fights, he's not fighting us. He is fighting for our heart, our soul, and our mind. He's fighting for our freedom. I said, he comes to heal us in order to have us. That's why, that's why we encounter God. He comes to heal us in order to have us. We see that story all the way through the Bible. Jesus comes to meet someone, either a group of people or usually someone. And we know one day he met a woman by the well. It was an unexpected meeting that she that she wasn't prepared for, but he offers her something she didn't know she needed. Whenever you're encountering God, God comes and offers you something you didn't know you needed. She needed living water. She needed Jesus, but she didn't know it. But at the same time, he exposes the thing, or he reveals her greatest struggle. Because I don't, you guys, I, I don't like God to get up in my grill. It's not that I like it, but I need it. Because if all God is gonna do is just hug me 24-7, which he does, and he doesn't bring any type of discipline or correction, Something's wrong, right? Right? It's okay. It's because why? Why did he expose the fact that she had, read for yourself, he goes, listen, bring your husband with you. He goes, well, he's not here. I don't have him. No, he goes, he had five of them. So what was he doing? He said, listen, I'm revealing to you the thing that keeps you stuck in life. I love you, honey. You're my daughter, but I gotta get this out in the open. And when he did, and when she received it, she found herself preaching the gospel and telling people about how Jesus set her free. See, he reveals, he reveals his love, but he reveals his, our, our greatest struggle. He gets to the heart of the issue. He meets her face to face in order to fight for her. Please hear this. Some of you have never had anyone in your life fight for you. That's why you've been fighting your whole life. But you need to realize that Jesus came to fight for you. Fight for your freedom. So you can just embrace him. You can get close to him because he's, he's got something good for you. So he has a God encounter with her. She was messy. But remember, grace only sticks to messy. And grace turned that messy into a message because the story ends with a bang. She runs and preaches the gospel. She was blessed, she was revived. But you can't have a blessing without brokenness.
And you can't find purpose without receiving God's holy poke. You can't have the favor without coming to a place of frustration in your own life. You can't have revival without repentance. We all want the comfort of the Holy Ghost, but we don't want the correction that comes when we get close. Is anybody here still? Okay. Encounter is a meeting of adversaries. God's not against me. He's against anything that keeps me stuck or bound in life. See, I'm becoming more and more familiar with close as I walk with God. Maybe you are too. Because it was foreign for me growing up. You know, we're the Klotzes, man. We're the Klotzes. And had two older brothers. Like I said, it, it wasn't uncommon for a fight to break out before school with three boys. Probably sharing a bathroom. <laughs> We grew up not trusting. We grew up a bit cynical. I'm still working through some of that stuff. But God has a way of breaking through. So more than a few years ago, for those of you who haven't heard the story, but it's just a funny God encounter to me that, that has everything in it. More than a few years ago, early on in our marriage, I was asked by Emily to make a late night run for some snacks. And I can tell you right now, almost the exact time. It was right around 10 o'clock because every night now at 10 o'clock, if we're lying in bed, getting ready for bed, watching TV or something, Emily says, I'm hungry. I want crunchy snacks. As I'm focusing on whatever I'm watching, she brings in the crunchiest snacks head up against the, bat, the, the, the headboard and it, it reverberates even louder. So she starts crunching. I can't hear anything. So I know that moment, it was about 10 o'clock. She goes, Dan, will you go run to the store and get me some butterbraid pretzels and chocolate chips? 10 o'clock, I'm tired. I just want to go to bed. And my selfishness rose up. And I thought, really, really? Didn't say anything. I said, okay, well, um, sure, I'll run down to the gas station, which is only a block away. But then I thought, because I'm cheapskate and don't have money, if I go to the gas station, I pay three times as much as going to Meyer, which is about five miles away, which if you do the math, it's the same thing. So I decided to go to Meyer that night to get her butterbraid pretzels and chocolate chips. Not happy, but just doing it, doing it mad, you know, like, oh, how dare she? I got to put on my clothes and that was, I had my sweats on because you always got to try to look halfway decent when you're a pastor. <laughs> I'm done with that. You know, you guys are going to see me and, oh, you'll just see me in different, uh, attire. Um, I guess the filters go as you get older. But um, so anyway, so I'm, I go to Meyer in my selfish ways. Just got to get her butterbraid pretzels and her chocolate chips. She better, she better have something for me. She better, she better, she better do something, you know, whatever. Anyways, you know, where's your minds, you guys? We're mayor, whatever, you guys. <laughs> Let's just end this service right now. My goodness. 
Holy Spirit, come back. Listen. I'm sorry, Levi, if you're here somewhere. <laughs> no. uh, listen. <laughs> well, you got to know how you came about in this. <laughs> here we go. You guys, uh, scrap this Facebook Live. Um, so I go to Meyer. I know exactly where the chocolate chips are because I'm a candy guy. I go get the chocolate chips. And as I'm getting the chocolate chips, I notice some person that used to be, I was a youth pastor, used to be in my youth group years ago. And um, her name was Elizabeth. And, and I saw her and she was with two gentlemen, two Latino gentlemen. Um, and, and, uh, and so one younger, one older. And I went, I went up to her and said, hey, how you doing, man? I haven't seen you in years. How have you been? And then she began to talk to me a little bit about the struggles she's had in life. And, and I'm just like, I gotta get home. I'm sorry. And so we're talking and talking. And, and, um, and the two gentlemen, um, one could speak English a little bit. One I could tell couldn't, couldn't understand English. And so... I talked to her for a few minutes. I said, I gotta go. I go look for the butter braid pretzels. Couldn't find them anywhere. So I had searching and searching. About five minutes, 10 minutes go by. I find myself in, in where the pretzels are and I think I found them. And all of a sudden, I'm, as I'm reaching for the pretzels, there's a weird sense that someone is really scary close next to me. Like right next to me. And I'm thinking, I look over and there was this, older Latino gentleman and he's standing there and he's looking at me. He's holding a fifth of vodka. He's just standing there like this. He's holding it, cradling it like a baby, looking right at me. I'm looking at him. I realize he doesn't speak English. And so I say this, I say, Jesus loves you. Because Jesus and uh, is Jesus and I mean, I can speak to, I can count to 10. Uno, dos, tres, cuatro, cinco, seis, siete, ocho. I mean, right? But I don't know any Spanish, which kind of bothered me. I wish I did, but I'm just saying, hey, Jesus loves you. And then I said, I, I was so frustrated because I know, I'm like, I'm just trying to give him something, you know? You can tell he's there for a reason. He's looking right at me. And I, I realized that he probably found out that I was her youth pastor. And so he's here for something. And all of a sudden, I, I, I start just saying things like, oh man, you know, God loves you. He's got a plan for you. And, and he's just kind of staring at me, deer in the headlights, bloodshot eyes. And um, I didn't know what to do. And the only thing I knew, knew to do was grab this little five foot dude and give him a hug. So I grabbed him in the middle of aisle 13 at Meyer with my bag of chocolate chips, and I grab him. I'm holding him. He is bawling, crying, thinking, oh, Lord. Like, this is why I came here. So I'm, I'm holding this little Latino gentleman, probably in his 60s. He is bawling, crying, and I don't know what to say. And all of a sudden, we stop hugging. <laughs> he breaks away. He literally takes that fifth of vodka, puts it right next to the chip aisle, <laughs> puts it right where the, I can see it today, puts it right there, looks at me, eyes clear as a day, 
It's like all of a sudden something changed, clears a day, and just walked off into the sunset. Happy as a lark. Because of a simple hug. Yeah. I didn't realize in my selfishness, in my snottiness, that I would encounter God's salvation in that moment. I'll never forget it. I'll never forget it. I literally walked around for probably 20 minutes in such, so challenged and thinking, God, what just happened? Like, why did you do that? And he just said, I just wanted you to encounter me, Dan. I wanted you to feel my presence. I, I wanted you to know that I loved you and I loved him. And I could send little old you with all your snot into mire. And I could help you change someone's life forever in that moment. It's an encounter that I will never forget as long as I live. And I pray for those. I pray, I pray for those. Because what it did is, again, it challenged me. It woke me up, right? It woke me up to understand that I can make an impact in someone's life even when everything's not clicking. As long as I'm simply open and obedient. The funny thing was, 10 o'clock at night, this is, this is the funny thing. There were actually people, it was in Ionia, by the way, at the time. There were actually two families or two couples from our church that night in that aisle. I didn't even know it. And then so the next day they said, oh, we love Pastor Dan, giving these men hugs and aisle, whatever. I'm thinking, hey, just don't tell anybody about that. Because the God encounters open up the life and power of Jesus. Yes, it prods our hearts, but produces the riches of heaven on this earth. See, God wants to stir us to get us to do something for him. And by the way, God's, he set everything up for us. It's all there. You got a God encounter Again, from pocket size to profound, waiting for you today. And a lot of times it's right in your own home. Because like my pastors used to say, if it ain't working at home, don't export. So get it done at home. Have a God encounters at home. Pray for each other at home. Love each other at home. Forgive each other at home. Bury the hatchet at home. Look at this verse again, John 15, seven through eight. But if you live in life union with me and my words live powerfully within you, then you can ask whatever you desire and it shall be done. When your lives bear abundant fruit, you demonstrate that you are my mature disciples who glorify my Father. This is the bullseye verse for this year. This is the center of Christianity. This is the foundation of our faith. This is the scary close verse that God wants to get every single one of us to so that we experience everything God has for us, inside and out. Listen, I'm a changed person today, but I got more stuff to go through. I realize that, right? You know that too, obviously. You hear me every week. You're like, oh, that guy's, he's got some, yes, God's working on him. I get that. But God loves close. He loves close. We come out dependent and needy 
naked and humbled from the womb. No fig leaf to cover us. Hello world. But then life happens and we grow up. We become adults. And many times we grow away from that closeness that we had known before we were born. When God formed us intricately, skillfully, just right there with us, we, we come out of the womb and we're, 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 we're ready to go dependent and all of a sudden we grow up and we get hurt. We, we, we begin innocent but fall into the reality of this pain. We start out trusting, but this fallen world can quickly turn a trusting heart to a crusty heart, even a cold heart. But Jesus now is calling us back again, close again. Come on. To become, yeah, you can clap for that, amen. To become children again. I love this verse. It says, it says, Jesus said, unless you are converted and become like a child, you'll by no means enter the kingdom of heaven. What is he saying? He says, we really can't have those God encounters if, we, if we're not moving to be, become like children again. See, that's getting close. That's becoming dependent. That's becoming vulnerable, honest, and open. And that's having fun again. That's dreaming again. That's building a fort in the living room again. That's making friends wherever you go again. That even, even wearing a milk mustache. That's being a child. I didn't say childish, but childlike. Come on, you guys, right? I know this is gonna mess with us. But you know what this is? This is a journey of, this is a journey of this, leaving or arriving on this earth, humble, naked, right? Dependent, leaving this earth, whatever your days are allotted, allotted leaving this earth humble, open, authentic, dependent, on God, the same way, the same way we came, he, it's the same way he wants us to leave, right? Did you know that? No, no, yeah, right, it's true. That's it. So the, the, the journey is getting back to that and fighting what keeps us from being close to God. I hope you're not bored. Remember the five gals? They got bored and they, they forgot to fill them, themselves up with closeness. And J Jesus says, when you learn closeness, and that's what we're gonna be learning in this message series, come on, closeness, right? You're gonna experience that, that phrase that Jesus said, whatever you ask, whatever you desire, I'm gonna give it to you. That's a bold statement. You know, I, I just know that when you're connected with him, when I'm connected with him, I start playing, praying the right prayers with the right motives. <laughs> I prayed a lot of prayers that didn't have the right motive behind it. But I'm learning now, okay, this is what you want me to pray. You want me to grow in love and joy and peace and patience. You, you want me to, to, to learn this kind of fruit. Much fruit, not a fruit cake. Loving again, joyful again, filled with the peace that passes understanding, possessing patience and gentleness, radiating kindness and goodness, full of faith, while maturing with steadiness and self-control. Then you will ask what you desire, and it shall be done for you. 
How does this happen? Closeness, closeness, closeness. Closeness will make you like a tree planted by a river. And this is how I'm gonna finish today. So I'm gonna show you what your, our life can be like when we stay close to Jesus, when we're connected to the vine. Psalm 1-3 says it this way. Those who stay close to me, those who, who, who just are, are working at, at, at breaking down the walls that keep us from, from intimacy, right? It says, they are like trees planted along the riverbank, bearing fruit each season. Their leaves never wither and they prosper in all they do. Holy cow, did anybody hear that? Read the whole psalm. The whole psalm's amazing. It's one of my favorite psalms. It says, though, it talks about really closeness, man. Those who meditate in the word day and night. Remember, Jesus said, if you abide in me and my words abide in you. Verse one and two is like, blessed is the man who does not walk in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stands in the path of sinners, nor walks in their, uh, nor or sits in the seat of the scornful, but his delight is in the law. And in it, his word in it, he meditates day and night. Then he says, they are like trees planted along the riverbank. He was saying, listen, those who learn to stay close to me and dependent on me, they're like trees. They prosper in all they do. You ask what you desire and it shall be done for you. The trees planted by the river have roots that grow down deep into the water that comes from the river, you guys. In other words, that tree does not have to rely on the other elements to get nourishment. I love people, but sometimes I don't. <laughs> Just like you, we all go through it because people are people. I don't like me sometimes, but the truth is this. I don't have to rely on them for my sustenance or my nourishment. I can, my roots can go down deep because I stay close with Jesus. Or learn that, right? And so many of us are trying to, cling to a person or cling to stuff. I will tell you right now, this is the Bible says it, all that stuff's gonna be gone one day. The only thing that will remain is God to cling to, right? His word, he is the word. That stuff's not bad, people are not bad. I love people and I love stuff. <laughs> Come on, it's okay, but, but it doesn't have me. Christ has to have me. He has to be my nourishment. I must connect with him first. And I love this as we finish because I wanna entice you to get close to God. I, I, wanna, I want you this week to, to learn how to get close to God and to, to just to shed the things that you know keep you from, from him, maybe not trusting him. Just say, Lord, I wanna trust you again. Or Lord, I don't want to have this stuff have me. I don't, want, I don't want stuff to have me. I don't want to worry about the future anymore. God, I want to be close to you. 
He says, when you're close to him, you will bear fruit in each season. No tree bears fruit in each season. Except God trees. Or no, no trees. No trees bear fruit in each season, right? No trees, except God trees. I didn't say that right, doggone it. No tree bears fruit in each season except God trees. You're a God tree. You're a God tree. Or be a God tree. Joseph flourished in every season from Potiphar's house to prison to the palace. In other words, there's a place when you get spring fruit, summer fruit, fall fruit, winter fruit, just lost my job fruit, just lost my girlfriend fruit, just lost my stuff fruit. You get fruit all the time, right? If you and I stay close, stay close, stay close. Turn to your name and say, stay close. Say, stay planted. Don't uproot during tough times. Let your roots go down even deeper so that you can experience the results. And what are those roots? Dependence, humility, character, consistency, simply trusting God, the fruit that comes close. Amen? Tug time, Chad. <laughs> Chad, were you a huggy guy eight, 10 years ago? <laughs> Look at Tanya. Look at that face. Chad, come here a minute. Come here. I love Chad and I, we're buds, we hug, but this is the kind of hugs we give each other right here. He has no problem doing that. Look at this. Oh, man, love you. Look at his cheek against my cheek. He's laughing in my ear. I feel his whiskers. That's long, no, that's long enough, right? That's long enough. But listen, it wasn't that difficult. By the way, I didn't grow up huggy. We grew up fighting. And, and Chad has been transformed in Dancy Tanya's face. Was he a hugger? She, she literally was a face of horror, wasn't it? Like, like, but yet God has transformed him into a hugger. If God can transform Chad into a hugger and me into a hugger, he can transform you into a hugger. But all it takes is for you to say, you know what? I'm ready. I'm ready. I'm ready for the God encounter. I'm ready, God, for you to take me to that next level of closeness. Um, if you need a hug, I'm here, guys. Emily, girls, you can hug Emily. If you need a hug, I'll give you a hug. Um, whatever it takes right? Whatever it takes to get you and I there. Um, and as we'll learn throughout this series is that, is that this is a process. Don't, don't, don't be hard on yourself. It's a closeness is a process. I'm closer today to Emily than I was when we first got married. And that'll keep growing, right? So we just want to keep going. We want to keep progressing to closeness. Let's pray. Lord, thank you so much for, uh, what you're speaking to us, your church. You love us so much, God. And I know that you have wonderful things planned for us as we connect with you and we believe that verse that if we abide in you and your words abide in us, God, we're gonna bear much fruit. We're gonna bear much fruit, God. And when we bear much fruit, when we when we bear fruit of, of love, joy, peace, wow, long-suffering, kindness, goodness. 
when we do, it shows the world that we're different and it shows the world that we're your disciples. And I believe it is also a very attractive thing to those who need you so much, Lord God. So we can't do it without you, Lord. We can try, but it'll be frustrating. So we need you today. And if you're here in this place today and you've never made a true love connection with God, you've never you've never called on the name of Jesus, you've, you've been scared, you feel like you have to do life by yourself, oh, honey, son, please do not let do that. that there, that's no fun. <laughs> that's a frustrating existence when you, but, but there's one, his name is Jesus, and he's the vine, and he wants to connect you and graft you in to the vine so that you grow and that you experience his love, his reckless love, his, his, his uh, close presence, the fact that he has a plan for you and he has this journey called life that he wants to be with you 24 seven. He will never leave you, forsake you. That's the kind of encounter God wants to have with you. So this is it. As Kenny Loggins would say, make no mistake where you are. The waiting is over. This is it. Don't be a fool anymore. <laughs> he said, words of wisdom, receive Jesus, receive Jesus, receive Jesus. I did in 1994, and man, oh man, I'm a hugger to some degree. <laughs> As Chad would say, for just the right amount of time and no longer. I would love for you to receive Jesus the way, the, the way I did. It's very simple. It's simply just calling on the name of the Lord. If you've never given your heart to Jesus, today's the day of salvation. Now is the time. I would love to pray that prayer with you. It'd be an honor for me to pray with you like someone did with me years ago to see you saved and born again. Walk out of this place knowing that you are set for eternity with Jesus. If that's you, I just simply want you to lift up your hand and say, Dan, would you pray for me because I need to make Jesus my king. I've been filled with my own kingdom, but now I'm, 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 I'm ready to let my little kingdom go and have Jesus be my king, my father, my friend. And if that's you, just simply say, Dan, that's me. I feel the stirring of God to give him my heart once and for all. The count of three, just lift up your hand with your eyes closed. Say, Dan, pray for me. Pray for me because I need to know Jesus. One, two, three. Just lift it up. I want to pray with you. Pray for you this morning. Amen. God bless you. 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 Today's the day. Today's the day. Don't, 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 don't be nervous. If you're nervous, that means the Holy Spirit just saying, hey, I want you. I want you. I want to have you. I want to fight for you. I want to bless you. Amen. So what we do is, though, thank you for lifting your hands. For those who lift your hands, this is the day that you are, this is it, you're in, you're in, you're in, you're in. But we're gonna pray together as a family as we finish up. So everyone together with confidence, loud and clear, say, Heavenly Father, I come to you in the precious and wonderful name of Jesus. And today I declare that Jesus, you are my King. You are my Lord. You are my Savior. I turn from my old life and I receive the new life that's found in you.
And today, my life has changed. I'm going to walk with you. I'm going to talk with you. I'm going to be with you forever. Thank you, God, for sending Jesus to forgive me of my sins in my past and to make me new again. In Jesus' name, amen, amen, amen. Hey, we love you guys. Thank you for coming. We love you guys. Uh, if you need prayer for anything, we got awesome leaders gonna come up and pray for you in the back and front. Um, if you gave your heart to Jesus for the first time, in the corners there are tables with free information to help you in your new life with Christ. We love you guys. Have an incredible week. Take care.